Hello and welcome to Battle Ready with Missy Armstrong. We are going to prepare ourselves for battle by learning about the characters in the Bible, learning about their victories and their defeats. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the podcast. glad that you stopped to listen today. I am Missy Armstrong and we are talking about Joshua. Yeah, last week we talked about Joshua and the Battle of Jericho and uh, this week we're going to continue on. Things change a little bit for the children of Israel. Uh, When some people make some bad decisions. So We're going to start with Joshua chapter 7, and we will hopefully cover 7 and 8 today. So, let's get started. In Joshua chapter 7, But the Israelites were unfaithful in the regard of the devoted things, Achan and Camry, the son of Zimrah, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent them from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy on the region. So the men went up and spied spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go against I. Send only two or three thousand men to take it. And don't worry for uh, the whole army. For only a few people live there. So about three thousand men went up. But they they were routed by the men of I, who killed about thirty-six of them, and chased the Israelites from the city as far as the stone quarries, and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there until evening. The elders of Israel did the same, sprinkled dust over their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign God, Why did you ever bring these people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites? To destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemy? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe us out uh, wipe wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua, Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things they have stolen. They have lied. And they have put them in their own possessions. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. 
They turn their backs and run away. They have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, our God, the God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present, uh, present yourselves tribe by tribe. And the tribe who the Lord chooses shall come forward clan by clan. And the Lord, the Lord chooses come forward fam, family by family. And the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done outrageous things against Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes and Judah was chosen, and then clan of Judah came forward and the Zerahites were chosen and he had the Zerahites come forward family uh, by families and Zimri was chosen Joshua had his family come forward man by man and Achan and Kari the sons of Zimri the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah was chosen then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the Lord of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done, and do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe of Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold, weighing 50 shekels I coveted them and I took them they are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath then Joshua sent his messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath they took the things from the tent brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all of Israel, took Achan's son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all he had to the valley of Acre. And Joshua said, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they buried him. Over Achan, they heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore, the place had been called the Valley of Acre ever since. Chapter 8 When the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. 
discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack Ai. For I have delivered into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to Ai and to the king what you did to Jericho and its king, except you may carry off plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack Ai. They, he chose 30,000 of his best fighting men and sent them out at night. With these orders, listen carefully. You are sent in to ambush the city. Don't go very far from it. All you have to, to be, all of you have to be on alert. I and all of those with me will advance on the city. When the men come out against us, as they did before, we will say, they are running away from us. As they, as they did before. So, when we flee from them, you are to rise up from the ambush and take the city. The Lord your God has given it into your hand. When you have taken the city, set it on fire. Do what the Lord commands. See to it. You have my orders. Then Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush and lay in and wait between Bethel and I and west of I. But Joshua spent the night with his people. Early the next morning, Joshua mustered his army, and he and his leaders of Israel marched and arrived in front of it. They set up camp to the north of I and in the valley between them and the city. Joshua had taken about 5,000 men and set them in ambush between Bethel and I at the west of the city. So the soldiers took up their positions with the main camp in the north of the city and the ambush to the west of it. That night, Joshua went into the valley. When the king of Ai saw this, he and all his men of the city hurried out early in the morning to meet Israel in battle at a certain place overlooking Arabah. But he did not know that the ambush had been set against him behind the city. Joshua and all of the Israel all of Israel let themselves be driven back from them and they fled towards the wilderness. All the men of Ai were called in pursuit of them and they pursued Joshua and he lured them away from the city. No man remained in Ai or Bethel who did not go for Israel. They left the city open and went in pursuit of Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Hold on, towards I the hold out towards I the javelin that is in your hand. For unto your hand I have delivered this city. So Joshua held out towards the city the javelin that was in his hand. And as soon as he did that, the men of the ambush rose quickly from their position and rushed forward. They entered the city and captured it quickly and quickly set it to fire. The men of Ai looked back and saw that the smoke was coming from the city and rising up into the sky, but they had no chance to escape in any direction. 
The Israelites who had been fleeing towards the wilderness had turned back against their pursuers. For when Joshua and all of Israel saw the ambush had taken the city and the smoke was coming up from it, they turned around and attacked the men of Ai. Those in the ambush came out of the city against them. So they were caught in the middle. And the Israelites on both sides. Israelites cut them down, leaving neither survivors nor fugitives. But they took the king of Ai and brought him to Joshua. When Israel had finished killing all of the men of Ai in the fields in the wilderness where they had chased them, and when every one of them was put to the sword, all of the Israelites returned to Ai and killed all those who were in it. Twelve thousand men and women fell that day, all the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back the hand that he held his javel, held out his javelin until he had destroyed all that lived in Ai. But Israel did carry for themselves livestock and plunder from the city, as the Lord had instructed Joshua. So Joshua burned Ai and made it a permanent heap of ruins, a desolate place to this day. The impaled body of the king of Ai was on a pole left <coughs> there until evening. At sunset, Joshua ordered them to take the body off of the pole and throw it down at the entrance of the city gate. And they raised a large pile of rocks over it, which remain to this day. When Joshua, then Joshua built on Mount Ebal an altar to the Lord God of Israel, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded the Israelites. But he built it according to what was written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones on which no iron or tool had been used. On it, they offered the Lord burnt offerings and sacrificed fellowship offerings. There, in the presence of the Israelites, Joshua wrote on the stones a copy of the Law of Moses. All of the Israelites, with the elders, officials, and judges, were standing on both sides of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, facing the Levitical priests who were carrying it. Both foreigners living among them and the Lord facing the Levitical priest who carried it. Oh, uh, both foreigners living among them and native born were there. Half of the people stood in front of Mount Gezer and half of them in front of Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had formerly commanded when he gave instructions to bless the people of Israel. Afterwards, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it was written in the book of law. There was not a word of all of Moses and, and that, excuse me, there was not a word of all of Moses that had he had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children, the foreigners, and the foreigners who lived among them. The success of 
Okay. So, yeah. The success at Jericho, like, had the Israelites on this really big high, right? They were like, yeah, we got this, okay? And then, it's just followed up by this defeat at I. And it, Joshua decided to only send 3,000 men to conquer the city of I. But... They were outnumbered and and were routed away, and Joshua was devastated. I mean, you see that he falls down in front of the falls down on his face on the ground in front of the ark, just pleading to the Lord. He is devastated, and he pleads to God for an explanation, and he's told there's sin in the camp. One of the soldiers of Israel, Achan, had kept for himself some treasure, which God had said, do not do. But he did it anyway. And God had to take care of this situation. So, like, this one man... Caused God to be so displeased that many people died. And then he embarrasses his entire tribe. You know, all the tribes are brought, brought up in front of the Lord. And then Judah's the one that's picked out. And then from Judah, the clan is picked out. And then the family and then him. And then God says, take care of it he has to be punished because he didn't do what I told him to do right and for God's anger to be appeased it wasn't just him that had to pay for it it was his family had to pay for it and all of those soldiers that that died in the first battle of I the sin had this one sin against what God said, this is my covenant with you, right? And he didn't keep up his end of the bargain, caused so much destruction, so, so much death to the Israelites because of one man's sin. Right? A lot of people think that certain sins or whatever, it's just a lie. It can't hurt anybody. Sin always creates separation between you and God. Sin can affect your whole family. If one person in the family has a sin in their life it can affect every single person in that family and I'm not talking about I'm not just talking about like violent sins I'm talking about other you know things that you think are private or that you think are what we commonly call internal sins and things like lying 
feeling that creates a separation between you and God. You don't ask forgiveness for that. You don't get that grace, that mercy from God. Your whole family, your church, your town, your country can suffer because you have separation in your life from God. And you can't live your life to your potential that what God wants you to do with a separation between you and God. You have to ask forgiveness for your sins daily. You have to ask forgiveness. You have to clear that slate and yeah, we're going to mess up. Bible says all have sinned. Not some have sinned. Not people over the age of 13 have sinned. Not, you know, not women have sinned or men are sinned. All. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't let that sin affect your life. If you've got that separation, you don't have that relationship between you and God that you need. You don't have that relationship that that can benefit your family and your church and your town and your nation. Because when you have that relationship with God, you and God are talking to each other. You're, you are listening to what he has to say. And he's directing you. Little things that you do change the life of many, many other people. Little, small, what you may consider insignificant, but they may change the life of a person that ends up changing the life of another person. And it snowballs. So don't let sin fester in your life. Please. Don't try to hide it. God sees it all. God knew exactly what had happened. God knew exactly who it was. And it came to light. So once they took care of that sin, once that sin was taken care of and put away, then the Lord tells Joshua, go ahead, go back to I, and I'll give it into your hands. And then he gives them destruction. Okay, you know, you're going to send some spies in there, or you're going to send some people in there to be to be an ambush. And we're you're going to do this. And he follows the instructions that God gives him to a T. He does exactly what God says. And by the end, they are victorious. The king of Ai is taken care of. The people of Ai are taken care of. The children of Israel get some more livestock and various other things to support their families. And the town is burned to the ground. But that's not all that happened. Right? Then Joshua's like, I got this. 
he goes up and he builds an altar, just like Moses told him to build an altar, just like he had been instructed with uncut stones and everything. And then they sacrifice. They sacrifice for their sins. They sacrifice for their friendship, for their relationship with God. And then he reads the law of Moses to the entire nation of Israel, the women, the children, even the foreigners that were living with them. We know Rahab and her family are there. Uh, they were there in the chapter before. So they're living outside the, the nation of Israel, but they are present. They are foreigners living with them. That's some of those people when they say that. So he stops. After they've done this, they're on, they, they've kind of been through an emotional roller coaster for a little bit. They had the high of Jericho, and they were like, yes, and then they had the low of the ambush, and the rerouting, the killing of those from I the first time. And then they had the kind of low of having to take care of one of their own because he had sinned, and his family, and then they're back up here again, back up at a high again with the, the taking of I and doing what God had told them to do. So he has he has a service of thanksgiving, right? He is thanking God for what he has done. And he is telling the people, reminding the people, this is the law. That, Jesus, or that God has given to us. This is what we are to do. What we are not to do. And. They're listening to him. They're at the sacrifice going. And he is preaching. And. He is just. Giving this reminder. That hey. This is what God said. If, if God didn't give us that grace and mercy that we get from Jesus for our sins, for our salvation, imagine what it would be like if our sins were dealt with like Achan's sin. His whole family was taken and all of his stuff and everything was killed, buried with him. And, I mean, just think of what our lives would be like. And then remember how grateful we should be. For grace, for mercy, for Jesus. Do you think that, like, if God was still punishing and 
and kind of directing people this way, how it would change their lives. I mean, I, I know for sure one thing, <laughs> right? Like, we would so be when we do sin, because we know all have sinned, we would be confessing that sin pretty quickly and trying to make it right. You know what I'm saying? We would be asking for forgiveness. God would give us that forgiveness and purify us of our sins because he says that in First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. So, we would, but we would not let that sin fester in our life for sure. We would be confessing it. Like, you know, you your family would be giving you the stink eye saying, look, I'm not going down for you. You better confess that right now. You know? Uh, and, but we do have that grace. We do have that mercy. And I know I've, I speak on this frequently, but it's because what I'm about to say is because I have discovered so many people in my life, so many people that have met, don't understand the difference between grace and mercy or don't even know the definition of grace and mercy. And if you don't, don't feel bad. There are hundreds of people out there that don't, thousands, possibly millions. Uh, and it's a simple thing, but it's not something that's taught. Like, I wasn't taught this when I was a child. I, I didn't understand this till I was an adult. And, and that was after studying quite a bit to figure out what is grace? What is mercy? Is there a difference? Yes, there is. So first of all, let's talk about mercy. Okay, so mercy, back in the day, you would hear people say they threw themselves on the mercy of the courts right or have mercy when somebody had done something to someone else this is the thing mercy is not getting a punishment that you deserve right so in the simplest terms kind of if my son lied to me and I should punish him for that, right? Or he talked back to me, I should punish him. But maybe it was in a fit of anger and I said something I shouldn't have said, so maybe he talked back to me. So I give him mercy by not giving him the punishment that he deserved, right? So I didn't ground him for that or I didn't spank him for that or I didn't take something away from him. So the wages of sin is death, right? The punishment for our sin is death. Separation between you and God, death. And eternity in hell, that is what we deserve. Mercy is not going to hell because God loves us and he sent our his son 
die on the cross so that we can get saved and not have that separation, not have that spiritual death of going to hell. So mercy, mercy is not getting a punishment that you deserve. Grace, on the other hand, is different. Grace is getting something beneficial, getting something good that you could never deserve. Grace is being is something being bestowed on you that you can never achieve yourself. Okay, so the salvation we receive and our once we're saved ability to go to heaven. That that's grace. Because no matter what you can do, no matter how much you try, no matter what, if you spend your entire life devoted to the Lord, if you're not saved, you don't go to heaven because there is nothing that you could do to get that grace, that benefit, that grace is given to you once you're saved that when you get saved you get that grace by grace you are saved through faith that not of yourselves it is a gift of God this is the difference between mercy and grace so now when you're you know now when you're at church or when you're talking to your you know your small groups or whatever you can tell people hey Guess what? Mercy is different than grace. And let me explain why. Uh, mercy, the mercy of the Lord keeps us from going to hell. You know, covers our sins. But the grace of the Lord makes us righteous and able to enter into heaven. Right? So mercy and grace go hand in hand, yes. But they are quite different. Your salvation is grace because you cannot get it any other way. And this is what happened. God did not show mercy to Achan. But he did give grace to Joshua and all the others. Allowing them to win against these people. Giving them this country. And so. As you're going through this next week. You're thinking about life. And you're thinking about things. Be thankful. That you are given grace and mercy. Be thankful that God doesn't deal with sin. The way he did in the Old Testament. And be thankful that. Jesus was our sacrificial lamb. We don't have to sacrifice anymore. Thank goodness for that. You know? And we can confess our sins immediately and ask God to forgive us, and he will. And be thankful for that. 
always remember to spend time praising God because he deserves it. He is worthy of our praise. Everything in our life is given to us by the provisions of God. Everything. So please remember to thank God. Remember to praise him. And just every day remind yourself of the mercy and grace that God has given you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, next week, like Joshua, we're going to go to Joshua 13. But next week, we'll be talking about the dividing of the land of Israel. And so thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Remember to be kind to yourselves and others. And smile. Because God loves you and so do I. Enjoy your week. Find a church to go to on Sunday morning if you have the chance. And just enjoy your worship of the Lord. Have a good week. Thank you.